my body is ready. All of this just works. It just works. Who's laughing now? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 93, the RIPE3 We Hardly Knew Ye episode of the Game Groups podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt, and today I'm joined by Josh and Mike. No Paul this week. Paul's babysitting. He's babysitting... A friend's kid? Niece? I don't remember what he said, but he's he's babysitting. He's sitting on a baby. But guys, let's get right into things. Instead of asking you guys for your peak of the week, this time I want to ask everyone what their peak of the week has been. That's P-E-E-K of the week. So Josh, we're going to go to you first. What is the best thing that you saw with your two eyeballs this week? So it's a wonderful little YouTube documentary because that's just what yeah. I watch these days. Because there's no other documentaries. YouTube just has it all. Don't don't subscribe to anything. So it's called There Will Never Ever Be Another Driver Like Dale Earnhardt. It is an hour-long documentary detailing all of his exploits and why he was so popular and well-known within NASCAR. And it's so good. Even if you're not like a NASCAR fan, like I was raised in it, so I'm like a fan of it, but kind of adjacent now. But I I was a big fan during his tenure, and he was just one of the best to ever do it, and it goes through it so well. It's great. Wow. Not something I would watch, but that's cool. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Daytona 500? Nope. Been to Talladega, though. That's a big one, too, right? Yeah, Talladega is, uh, I think, bigger, maybe. Uh, no, I think it's just a little smaller Could than Daytona. Be. Someone is going to correct me on that one way or the other, but uh, no, nah, it's, it's fun as hell. I, I always tell people... NASCAR is goofy as hell on the TV, but just if you get a chance, if someone says, hey, I got tickets, we're going to a NASCAR race, go to that bitch. Get shit-faced and, and enjoy cars going fast. So I've been offered free tickets to Daytona like three times, never went. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> never went. What the fuck? Yeah. Go. I just, I don't know, man. It's loud. They, I just, I here's the thing. I have never watched like any of NASCAR. I don't really know anything about it. My, I don't even like cars to begin with. That's the problem. So, yeah, it's just not for me. That's fair. If they're just a tool, then yeah, I, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> it would be unfair if I went with those free tickets when they could go to someone who would actually enjoy it. Okay, so <laughs> basically the next time someone offers you free tickets to Daytona, yeah. just holla at your boy because I, I want to go to that shit so bad. Bucket list shit. All right, I'll keep, I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> it's been like 10 years since I was offered. You know what? It's, it's <laughs> hey, the worst thing <laughs> it's one of those things where people are like, uh, they invite you out and you keep saying no, so they just fucking stop. <laughs> then they finally get the picture. They're like, "I'm not inviting you anymore." No, I'm not. Ge- I'm not offering free tickets anymore. He's never gonna go. One of those things. Mike, what was the best thing you saw this week? The best thing, I don't know, but the most interesting thing uh, was. <laughs> this is funny. I saw that uh, Overwatch 2 is going to be on season four, and I didn't know that they were even on season three. So found that very neat, very nifty. Also, their new hero is hilarious, and I'll probably play Overwatch 2 again because being able to yeet your allies <laughs> is fun. <laughs> it's a support hero, right? Yes, it's a support hero that is 
possibly just a troll he- hero. So oh. there's there's that. When he dies, he drops a healing item that can heal you or the enemy. Wow. Yeah. That could suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't know why that's a thing. Yeah. Also, yeah, he has a forcibly pull an ally to him ability, which I think is hilarious. And I will be using it on cooldown. Interesting. Yeah. That's the second new hero, right? So they're really... Third. Third. Okay. Well, technically fifth. Oh, wow. Okay. They released with three new heroes and then they had a new hero for season two. And then they had no new hero for season three. And now they have a new hero for season four, which starts in a week, which... I didn't even know they had season three. I thought we were still on season two. Yeah. I thought the game died. So <laughs> dead game, dead game. No, it's still around. People are definitely. Playing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where like if Overwatch two was on steam charts, it would probably still just have insane numbers. We just, we, we can never actually know, but it's probably still nuts, especially because it's on console. Yeah. I'd imagine so. I could never imagine playing Overwatch 2 on console. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck that. That sounds awful. Well, my peak of the week, my peak, my P-E-E-K, is uh, the ending of the NCAA tournament. The championship game was actually not great, but I love the tournament, so I still enjoy every game a little bit. Sad that it's over. Happy that we got to see some fun teams in the Final Four, like Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. And uh, Miami, I guess, it's power conference team, but still kind of weird that they were in the Final Four. And, of course, the one team in the Final Four that had already previously won a championship, UConn, ended up winning it all. So, spoilers, by the way, if you uh, T-voted. <laughs> you, know, you know what sucks, Matt? You just reminded me of what a P-E-A-K, P-E-A-K peak of the week I would have had. I just forgot mm-hmm. about the fucking opening day for baseball. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's my favorite shit. What the hell? Yeah. Super random question. Because I saw this all over Twitter. Is it a thing where baseball stadiums, specifically on opening day, have like crazy milkshakes or something like that? Is that a thing? I have not heard of that. But I okay. also have not gone to an opening day ball game, so I'm not sure. Okay. I'm, I'm shaking my head no. All right. I saw them all <laughs> over the place. I don't know. It was, Maybe uh, maybe it's a new thing that's just like we love milkshakes and everybody everyone else just agreed milkshakes it is brings all the boys to the yard. Okay, let's move on to show me your trends. In show me your trends, I give our panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase and they have to tell me how the top result ends by picking from three options. One is right, two are wrong. Searches are made in incognito mode to get the purest answers possible. We're gonna play three quick rounds. Guys, round one. Is it all good if blank? Is it all good if a guy calls you? Is it all good if you sweat a lot? Or is it all good if your poop floats? What? Who is that, like, concerned about their shit floating? (laughs) My shit is hollow. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Damn, bro, that's buoyant. Uh, I... There's no shot. It's the shit one. I uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the guy calls you one. I feel like preteens are still googling that shit. I'm just trying to figure out who starts a Google phrase. Is it cool if? Oh, is that what I said? It's it's. Is it all good if? Or sorry, whatever. Is it all? Either way, it's still weird. <laughs> that's why. That's why I went with the kids. Cause like, <sighs> is it all good? 
I don't think the kids say all good anymore. Oh, that's I true. I think you're old. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Self-report. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to go with uh, the floaty poops. <laughs> maybe it, maybe it's weirding people out. Who knows? The answer is, is it all good if your poop floats? <laughs> sure, why not? I, I guess people are interested in these things. All right, round two. What does it mean if blank? What does it mean if a ladybug lands on you? What does it mean if you dream about someone? Or what does it mean if your poop is green? What is, why is this episode <laughs> horny and poop related? What's going on? I was going to say, if it's poop floats, it's definitely poop floats. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going poop green. I, it's it's got to be. People like to... No, nah, it's, it's, it's the dream one. The answer is, what does it mean if your poop is green? <laughs> people, Why? Be, people think Google and shit. People are concerned about their shits. That's healthy. Okay? That's good. And that's, that's a healthy. good thing. That's healthy. You want healthy BMs. You know, colon cancer is on a rise in young adults. It's good that they're searching. This. Check your prostate. That's not the same thing. <laughs> I can't tell you why it's green, but I can tell you when it's green. And it's green after I eat a lot of cake. Of all things, like even like regular cake, just like. Like cake or ass? <laughs> regular cake. With a lot oh, of icing on it. Shit. Oh, God. That was a good one. Uh, fuck. Okay. I went with poop green shit. Yeah. All right. Round three. Why do French fries blank? Why do French fries have gluten? Why do French fries give me hiccups? Or why do French fries taste so good? Why do I love the why do they have gluten? Why? It's so forlorn. <laughs> I'm going with gluten. Fuck it. Yeah, I'll go with gluten as well. The answer is why do French fries freedom fries <laughs> have gluten? Oh, look at us go. Look at that tie game. Let me let's see if it's the same result if I if I type freedom fries. Why do freedom <laughs> fries literally nothing comes up. You type in why do freedom fries, it's blank. That's it. <laughs> there's no there's no finishing results here. That's so I don't, I don't think anyone googles that. I guess not. <laughs> they don't do it on the big Google websites, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's move on to the big question. E3 2023 has officially been canceled. It's dead. Finito. Sayonara. In June of last year, the Entertainment Software Association, or ESA, who runs E3, announced that the show would be returning in 2023, both online and in person. However, in recent months and weeks, the big three, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, all announced that they would be skipping the show. Then more recently, Ubisoft announced that they would also be absent this year. So at some point, E3's organizers decided that it would no longer be feasible to hold the event. The following statement via IGN comes from Kyle Marsden Kish, the global VP of gaming at ReadPop. This was a difficult decision because of all the effort we and our partners put toward making this event happen, but we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. We appreciate and understand that interested companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome. 
For those who did commit to E3 2023, we're sorry we can't put on the showcase you deserve and that you've come to expect from Reed Pop's event experiences. All right, guys, here's the question. Mike, I'm, I'm going to go to you first. Is this the final nail in the coffin? Is E3, as we have known it, officially dead? Yes. I refuse to elaborate. But yes, I, I don't know what <laughs> else to say. Yes. Yes, you can't cancel this event this many times and expect it to live while other events are not being canceled and being held in its stead. It's like if you host, if you usually host like New Year's Eve and then for three years, you're just like, no, nah, I'm not doing it anymore. Well, the tradition's gone and no one's going to come back to your house for New Year's Eve now because why would they? Yeah, or like if you hang out with your friends and they invite you three straight years to Daytona and you say you cancel on them, they say on in the fourth year, we're not inviting you. Yeah, it's just like, who cares? I don't mean like who cares that E3 has been canceled. It's just like whether or not E3 goes or not, like happens or not, at, at this point, all, all the big developers, all the big publishers are just like, who cares? We'll just do something else okay here's a better analogy it's like when you when you're at work and you're kind of useful kind of not useful unknown useful co-worker uh <laughs> goes on like a, a six month hiatus because of something and then they come back and you realize during those six months you don't actually need them around so then you just right. let them go it's kind of like that yeah no, I get that. I mean, they've been gone for three years and everyone has made do. So why do we need them back when they're just like, hey, we're back? Well, great. We're doing our own thing now. So congrats. Like, it's just it's silly. Yeah. Not only made do, but it's much more cost effective for them to have their own events, yeah. especially someone like Microsoft having an event in their own uh, arena. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> they don't have to take the show on the road so to speak. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and the need to have the media come congregate in one area to try games, it's not necessary anymore. Like, demos can be put out digitally to these media members or even to just the greater gaming community at large. So these things don't have to take place in person anymore. I mean, we have very strict NDA games that are being reviewed that are basically done over like cloud and like someone watches the the reviewer play it like over webcam and like that happens now so if they still want games to be under lock and key they can still do that with the media members at home so it's just not necessary it, it, it eliminates so many costs and it is sad because in a way it's sad because I personally did I just really enjoyed the week I think everyone enjoyed the week where you get all this massive gaming news all at once it's really fun. It's this big blowout. You watch it with a bunch of friends and you just have a great time. And so that aspect of it is what I'll miss. There's really nothing else that I'll miss other than the fact that I would have liked to have gone to an E3 at some point. That's not going to happen anymore, but there are plenty of other gaming events throughout the year that happen nowadays that you can still go to. It's just not going to be E3. But Josh, let's go to you. Is it dead? What's going to happen going forward? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's pretty much dead. I can't see a way it comes back. The only way I see it ever coming back is a 10-year reunion when people really miss the brick-and-mortar style uh, 
you know, conferences and all that. I think people are going to be longing for that after, you know, all the move to all digital. Uh, convenient as it is, people get nostalgic for shit really quick, especially when video games are involved. Uh, and I think that'll be no different with E3. I think we may see it in 10 years just with an anniversary. People will hype it up. It'll be another week-long bit of news, and then we'll probably just go back to the way things were and move on from there. I mean, I'm going to miss it. I, I loved it to death. I, it was It's a piece of my childhood that's just kind of gone. Because, I, I mean, I would get excited every single summer vacation because I had nothing going on. And I could just put on a video game and then put on whatever E3 is playing. And it was just, it, it was super like warming and just a wonderful summer event. I, I really liked it. it. It's super impractical. I, I am perfectly fine with the way they've decided to go about it. I think every developer and publisher that is no longer choosing to be there is making the right decision. I mean, financially, I, I can go live on Twitch right now for free. Uh, so, I mean, it's like they can do the same. Uh, so, why, why wouldn't they? It's like the, the infrastructure is there for all these major companies to actually go out and do what they need to do. Uh, and for a fraction of the cost. I mean, I, I remember just browsing through Reddit, so this is wholly anecdotal. But, I mean, it was something like two, what, like a million to three million for certain like spaces just for E3 alone, like you are putting up some major costs. Not only that, included in that, you're also looking at uh, flying all your help, you know, your coworkers, your everything to make it all run out there to make it all function. And then you're hiring these no-name announcers to come out. Like it, it's it became impractical and and kind of kind of lunacy. And I think Jeff Keeley capitalized on kind of being the market factor and taking them out because I kind of do just like. The Summer Games Awards, or not the Summer Games Awards. I can't <laughs> fucking remember what it's called. It's the you're, uh, put, you're putting the the two Keeley events together. I, what yeah, is Summer it? Game Fest. Summer Game Fest. I, I love the Summer Game Fest and I love the Game Awards. And what do those two things have that all of the E3 events didn't have? A face. They have Jeff yeah. Keeley, and, and you get excited to see Jeff Keeley. He's a fucking dork, but we love him because he's a fucking dork. Like that's he loves video games. He comes out. He can't wait for his event to do great. And he, I mean, my man is out here getting excited for like. DLC for three-year-old games that four people play. And, and like, it's just, it has such an advantage over E3 these days. And I just, I can't, I can't see a world where it comes back aside from nothing but nostalgia's sake. I think it helps with Jeff Keeley's thing that the face of the show is also the person that has the entire stake in the show. So like, he has to be enthusiastic about it because it needs to do well because it's his entire company. Like that's what he does for a living. So for him, he needs those events to do really well. I saw it recently referred to as Key 3. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. I actually also, in my notes here, have the 10-year note the about a decade from now. I think it's possible that it returns in 10 years. And E3 comes back to look like it did a few years ago. Nostalgia is a powerful thing, especially in gaming. It's been proven time and time again. So I wouldn't count it out completely, but it's definitely going to hibernate for a long time. And then the other thing I'll say is, as the gaming industry continues to grow, I think there's a chance that one day it comes back as the version it was originally intended to be, which is as the trade show, mostly for the industry and the media that covers it. It may not have the same name, maybe it will, but I think the original vision of E3 could come back eventually. It's possible that GDC, the game developer conference, could just take the reins on an event like that, but it hasn't happened yet, so someone could step up and sort of take that again a lot of this can be done online and digitally and that would save a lot of money but there's also something to conferences in person 
that's when a lot of business does get done face-to-face meetings and they're like e3 isn't just about the show floor it's about the backdoor meetings between publishers and developers who have separate things going on at the same time so there's there's a lot more to it than what we just see as fans of video games mike i think you had a point before do you do you remember it it was a little while ago sorry to cut you off but did you have anything more to say on this well, I was going to say, like, E3 started as a, like, trade show. Right. And that was the whole point was to get everyone together so that you could see what other people were doing and spread ideas. It's kind of like um, the show in Las Vegas every year. The tech show in Las Vegas. Oh, CES. Yeah, CES. It's kind of like that. But now, but then it became, like, then it became open to the public. and Then it became, you know, a marketing tool. But... I don't know. I don't think we're going to lose that time of year. Like I still think Summer Games Fest is obviously still going to happen. And I think June is just the time for that that everyone is basically agreed to unless you're like Nintendo or sometimes Sony, but probably not Sony. I I think we're still going to have this marketing push. It's just going to look different. And at the very least, we're back to like in-person events, right? We had summer, we had the game awards that were in person. We're gonna have basically everything to be, that's gonna be in person because having an audience to build hype is important. Oh yeah. So at oh, yeah. least there's that. It's one of the best parts. Yeah, one of the most hype things that I sometimes go watch on YouTube every once in a while is, and this was at PSX, which is an event that doesn't exist anymore, the PlayStation Experience, but the reveal of last of us part two and you just hear the audience just going nuts when they see the the firefly symbol and hear the music it's just so cool i love that video and that's a huge part of it seeing the the live audience there for this last game awards was awesome it totally changed the vibe of the show it was great but that may be the last time we talk about e3 for a while (laughs) we've we've talked about it quite a few times on this podcast actually because Over the last couple of years, there's been so much news about it, all of it negative, basically, unfortunately. But I think Josh and Mike are right. Summer Game Fest is here, and it's going to take the place of E3. And yeah, it might not all be condensed into one week anymore. It might be spread out over the course of a summer. But we're still going to get similar shows, and there's still going to be excitement over the summer. And we're all still going to be hyped, and we're still going to watch the shows, and we're still going to stream it and watch it with all of you. And it's going to be a good time gonna be a good time look forward to our streams coming this summer summer game fest <laughs> mark it on your calendars folks yeah. the yeah, good night groups <laughs> yeah it's a good time we enjoy it all right let's move on to over under co-op edition i don't think we've done co-op edition and over under since like episode 40 something so it's it's been some time it has been a while in over under i give the panelists a game title with a fake metacritic score or a fake number of copies sold they have to tell me whether the actual true number is over or under the number that I gave them. Review scores are taken from Metacritic and based on the best scoring launch platform. We're going to play eight rounds and the panelists are going to work together to come up with the correct answers. All right, guys, we'll call it, uh, if you get five right, you win. If you get three or fewer, I win. If we get four, we'll call it a tie and maybe we'll, we'll find a tiebreaker. All right, round one. Halo 3 ODST, fake score of 84. Damn, that's a good fucking score pick. Uh, I want to say higher, like an 80, like 6. I think ODST was 
higher than an 84 it's just hard but I, I just i see so much nostalgia for it like everywhere and and i've never even played okay. it so but it's like i just see that much nostalgia and i'm pushed one way but i i also remember it wasn't quite as like loved as the og halos well it came out after reach and i think it was just like you were like a weaker soldier weren't you like you just didn't do you were you, an odst so you were just you shittier spartan <laughs> It had like Batman detective mode and other shit. Wow. I don't remember that. Yeah. I... It had, yeah. Well, it wasn't like detective mode, but it kind of was. I think you had to like search for clues as to where your team went because it was also fully voice acted and had Nathan Fillion as one of the. Hey. As like the leader. As Cade Six. Excellent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I liked ODST. But what what would you? Where I don't would have you any nostalgia for ODST. Wait, I, if you've played it, I'll default to you on this one because I can't like speak to it. You didn't play it. No, I never played it. I like watched like clips of it. I've watched Let's Play. It plays, had the but... first um like single shot rifle for the for the USMC. Hmm. God, I don't know. I mean, it, I feel like it's Halo. So eighty four. I feel like you could do eighty one to eighty three somewhere in that range. What what did like Halo four get? Halo 4 got like an 87, I want to say, roughly, roundabout, maybe a little lower. I'll, I'll, I'll say that it was above 84. You guys say it's All right, let's go above then. Let's I'll do it. I'll go with you. <laughs> no, right. wait, wait, wait. No, below. below, below. You I'm pretty below? sure it okay. scored like a 70-something. Okay, I'm, I'm down with it. I'll roll with you on it. Wow, very... That was abrupt. An 11th hour <laughs> change. I had like a epiphany. I'm pretty sure it did not do well, criticized, but... Okay. All right. The actual score. So the fake score, 84. Real score, 83. 83. Fuck! That's a... God damn it! <laughs> no, you got it. We got no, it. No, we did Fuck, shit. I thought we went above for some Jesus reason. Because like, no. the, the switcheroo, I forgot. I thought we were sticking with 87. <laughs> All right, let's go. Praises. There you go. You got it. All right. All right, next game. Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy. Fake sales of 4 million. <laughs> I mean, the, are we counting like Vita sales? I, no, because I don't believe so. Okay, so this is just straight up. This is original sales on the original console. Okay. Um, what console was it on? PS2. Four million copies of Naughty Dog game Jack and Daxter, loved by a decent amount. Not quite Ratchet and Clank levels, probably, but ah, oh, fuck. Well, yeah, one is still around and one is. <laughs> I'm I'm sad. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably gonna say below, honestly. But I have nothing, so you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna believe in my boys. We're gonna say somewhere in, in the realm boys? of like 5.3 or something. I'm going above. Let's do it, Mike. All right, Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy, fake sales of four million, real sales two million. Fucking hell, Jesus Christ! There's a reason why it doesn't <sighs> exist anymore. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I was only off by three million. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, Jesus. next game. Jack 3, fake score of 82. I only played like half of this game. <laughs> it gives a little too much Kari for me. Uh, 82. God damn, that's such a good play. I'm going below. I, I'm sticking with the below this time. I think it got like a 78. I have no input because I've never played a Jack and Dexter game. I feel like this one's below. I feel like Jack 3 was just not good. Jack 3, fake score of 82, real score 
of 84. Mm. Well, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, as it turns out. <laughs> this is unfortunate. All right. Next game, Assassin's Creed Origins. Fake sales of 12 million. God damn, that seems Boy. high. Yeah, below. It's got to be. Pretty sure it was below. Oh, fuck. Well, Ubisoft Connect, though. Does that count? <laughs> I don't believe it's counting that. Who the fuck has Ubisoft Connect? I did for a little while. I don't know why I did I that. I did as well, very briefly. <laughs> it was terrible. It was yeah. one of those things where you subscribe for one month to play a game for cheaper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, Odyssey seems fun. Oh, wait, this is the same shit. And I never touched it again. See, I feel like Odyssey Odyssey did really well, obviously. It's better than Origin, But I, I feel think. like, yeah, no one... Balam? Island? I don't remember his name. That's how much I don't care about Origins. Bayek. <laughs> Bayek. I knew it was with a B. The world was just so incredibly uninteresting. It's like, all right, we got pyramids and desert and one town. Yeah. I mean, I liked, I liked the end game stuff that they had with, like, fight gods and whatnot. That was like, cool. That's cool. It's fun. Um, it's not Assassin's Creed, but, you know, it's cool and fun. <laughs> that's fair. Origins, though. 12 million. That's a lot. That's a lot of sales. A lot. It's a lot after coming off of Unity, which was real bad. But it was completely different. Nah, I'm still saying below. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, on, I'm going below, too. It's got to be. All right. Assassin's Creed Origins. Fake sales, 12 million. Real sales, 10 million. Praises. That's like the uh, Ubisoft sweet spot, 10 million. You can always bet that a Ubisoft game sold 10 million copies and you're probably going to be right. And they'll make just enough money to just keep producing the same old thing. Yep. All right, next game, Sonic Mania, a fake score of 87. Mike? Higher. <laughs> Pretty sure it's higher. I'll roll with you. Higher. It's closer to 90 than that, but I assume it's higher. For the longest time, it was the highest scoring Sonic game, so I assume it's higher. Sonic Mania, fake score of 87, real score 86. 86. Oh! Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next game Battlefield 4. Fake sales of 9 million. Mm. Mm. This one's hard because Battlefield is popular, but also low key, kind of like niche. But Battlefield 4 was big. I almost want to say higher. I mean, this one had some longevity to it, but fuck nine million. That's such a fuck you, Matt. It's such a good goddamn number. <laughs> Mike, do you have any like input on this one? Or are you just gonna default on this one? No, I played Battlefield Four. What do you think? You think it's gonna be higher or lower? Because I think it could be higher. It's just it's hard because I just feel like it just has a really passionate audience. Does it? <laughs> I, I mean, I was. Or are you just passionate about it? I thought it. I always thought it did, at least compared to Call of Duty. I mean, Call of Duty has the bigger numbers, but just as far as like how much people play it. I don't understand what you're saying. You're spouting nonsense now. <laughs> Sales of nine million. I think it's higher. I'll go with you. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say higher too. Battlefield Four fake sales nine million. Real sales seven million. Well, Ooh. shit. Yay! Kill off dice. <sighs> Just toss them in the trash. Love it. Next game. House Flipper. <laughs> fake score of 71. Mike. <laughs> I hope it's higher. I have no idea. I didn't even know people reviewed that game. It should be higher. <laughs> it's a pretty good fucking game and it's fun to watch. No. No. It, it should it should not be that much higher. <laughs> it's it's made very um 
It's made perfectly, Mike, and you know it. It's ga- no, it's game it's of the year. <laughs> House flipper. Absolutely not. Wait. Oh, it might be lower if this is like on release without any updates or DLC. It probably was shit. Nah, I'll say higher. It's got to be like a 72. I'll, I'll roll with you on it. Let's do it. <laughs> it's probably one higher. House flipper, fake score 71, real score 67. Damn. It's not a good game. It's so fun like, to watch, though. <laughs> from a from a technical perspective, it is not a good game. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of pre-bought assets, which is not a problem for a smaller team. It's just you can really tell in House Flipper. Now, House Flipper 2, though. Oh, <laughs> they made their money, and then they upped the ante. Yep. All right, final round. Do we have any idea what the score is? We've got two so far. All right, so you can't win. I am guaranteed to win. (laughs) Great. However, for this final one, Stardew Valley fake sales of 16 million. Higher. Higher it is, baby. (laughs) Stardew Valley fake sales, 16 million. Real sales, 20 million. Yeah. I need to play Stardew. Sold a lot of copies. All to a solo developer. Obviously, there's publishing deals in there and stuff, but I mean... They that got is, yeah. They got some fuck you money now for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would have ever made a second game, but he is. I would have just yeah. gone away and never <laughs> shown my face again. I mean, I think Concerned Ape makes games because he wants to, and not because he has. To. If I had that kind of money, I wouldn't want to do anything anymore. I would lose every interest I've ever had. I would just. <laughs> The crazy thing is that he he's still just like, I'm making this game by myself, and that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> like it's crazy. He's like, he's just gonna nah, do I'm it not again. Gonna use my money to hire. A team. He could I'm hire a whole ass my team. Own game. And, and he's just like, you know yeah. what? Nah, fuck it. I got it. He's probably a control freak, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this is my vision, and I will do it. It will take me ten years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. There's no way for me to possibly relate to a genius like that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna try. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the water cooler. Let's take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. I'll go first. I, I don't often go first on the water cooler, and it's my fucking show. <laughs> so I'm gonna go first. All right, sheesh. <laughs> Played a little bit of Diablo Immortal. Hit max level, 60, so now it's all Paragon levels. The game is fine. I don't think I'm going to talk about it on the show anymore because it is what it is at this point. Like I've said before, it's a good chill game. Just run through rifts while you're watching stuff on YouTube. I still think the Heliquary boss fights are actually really good. It's probably my favorite part of the game. It really feels like old World of Warcraft boss fights that are just designed well and just a good time and challenging. So if you're playing Diablo Immortal, look into the Heliquary, and it gets pretty fucking hard. Then I played some Last Epoch. It's definitely an early access game. It feels very early access. I'll be damned. Has some jank to it. So as an example of this, there's this almost game-breaking bug that came with the big multiplayer update at the beginning of March that they had, and they haven't corrected it yet. So left click is stuck to move only for any new characters. You can't bind anything else to left click. So... You can't do your basic attack with left click. So the the devs, but it gets weirder. So like the devs have confirmed that they're monitoring the issue and plan to fix it. But there's also this weird Mandela effect going on here where 
other people and, and even seemingly the devs aren't totally sure if left click was ever able to do anything else than just move. It's bizarre. It, it, it's it's just insane. The, this, the, the, the apparent issue here isn't even a month old, but no one seems to know if this is an intended change or if it's always been this way or if it requires a fix. It's so weird. And I feel like I'm the only person who finds this whole thing to be completely insane. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, it feels very strange to play an ARPG where, not that I'm some ARPG uh, connoisseur all of a sudden, but I've been playing a bunch of them lately and it feels weird to play one where left click is only a move and I can't also do like my basic attack or bind anything else to it. So it just feels like a waste of control usage as far as game design goes. It doesn't feel like good design. The, the voice acting in the game is also really bad. The story is barely there. The actual concept of the story is really cool where you travel through various time periods, epochs, as you will. But the story itself is just totally blah. It's bland. There's not a whole lot going on, at least early on. But the build customization is really neat. So you can pick, I think it's five skills. You can get up to like 10 skills, but you pick five of them that you want to unlock skill trees for where you can further customize the skills. That aspect is really cool. The game has a lot of potential, but it definitely feels early access. And I think upon a full release, it'll probably be pretty solid or like, even looking further down the line, it, like a house flipper situation where the first game is some indie game does really well, but the sequel has a lot more resources put in and, and it just is totally better overall. So it could be something like that. But I would say I can't recommend it at the full $35 price point. Maybe if it goes on sale, but it goes on sale like once a year. That's why I just pulled the trigger on it and went for it because I really wanted to play something while waiting for Diablo 4. I don't know how much more I'm going to play of it, but it's okay. If you really like ARPGs, I think you'll get something out of it. Have either of you looked into this game at all? I'm familiar with it, yeah, but not I like not like in depth, you know, to what you're talking about. I've looked at it kind of almost as a potential Diablo 4 like supplement and I'm just not convinced really yet. I think you're going to feel if you if you were to get it after playing the Diablo 4 beta, you would you it would just feel so much worse just half baked basically half baked they seem it seems like they're trying to do something different with itemization where they're trying to make the items matter less than in in a diablo game and instead the skill customization is what matters more which is fine and i actually think it's really cool to have skills have their own skill trees like that's awesome but it just, it still feels, it just feels half-baked. It feels early access and it doesn't, it's not going to feel as polished as Diablo 4. Like even on a 1.0 release, it's just not. It's an indie team. It's not going to get there. And that's fine. But once Diablo 4 comes out, I don't see any reason why anyone's going to play it for quite some time until they get sick of Diablo 4. And then finally, New World. I jumped in very briefly just to check things out over the weekend. But actually today... As of the day that we're recording this, they released a giant new patch, which also introduces the game's first seasonal content, which is a little controversial, but I'm actually, I'm going to welcome any new content for New World because that's the thing is AGS is like this smaller team. Like when you're talking about an MMO sized team they're I think they're incredibly small, relatively speaking. So the rate of content, there's so much they want to do and they have to do to make the game better. 
but the rate at which they're able to actually get content out there is not where it should be. I just wish Amazon would invest in the team a little bit more, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe the season does well and they get a little bit more cash flow and can bring in some new devs or something like that, but we'll see. I still really like New World. I still think the bones for an amazing game are there. It's just very slow moving at this point, and I don't know if it's ever going to speed up because MMOs are usually the biggest the biggest you're going to have that the team on an MMO is at launch. Now, that wasn't the case with WoW, but WoW is its own separate case that no one can really emulate. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Josh, what did you play this week? It was a very easygoing week, so I'll have a short water cooler break. Uh, it was just more Diablo Immortal. I, I mean, it's fun. I like it. Not much more to say about it right now. I like the greater rifts. They're satisfying. I... I like Diablo Immortal more than I like playing Diablo 3, to be honest. I Oh, wow. And I feel like Diablo 4 plays better than both of them, so the, I'll take that. Diablo 3, after playing it, after playing Immortal, feels dated. Uh, it just, it something about it just, it doesn't have that smoothness that I thought it once had. And I don't know what it is. It, I know it's still smooth. Like, it's still a good, fun game to, like, do combat with. It's just, it, there's something about Immortal that feels a little bit snappier and smoother, which is weird considering it's that mobile beta ported over to PC, but I, for some reason it just feels better. It may be the WASD movement that I've really gotten used to um, oh, yeah. that has really impacted why I feel that way. But it And, and then the click-to-move just works really, really well in Diablo 4, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I played some Diablo Immortal. It's fun. I'm ready to get to max level and see what there is, but I'm still a long ways off. I'm like 38, 39, so I've got a little bit of time until I get there. Uh, I've been playing WoW. I... So they, they dropped the 10.1, uh, which is going to be the newest patch for Dragonflight is coming out uh, in May, which is insanely early. Uh, not only uh, late May, but early May. So and I don't know. I think it's May 2nd or May 9th, one of those two days. I can't remember oh, wow. right off the rip. Um, I think it may be a pre-patch to the point one on May 2nd, and then on May 9th is the official release. Uh, could be a raid release. I'm not entirely sure, but it, they have a blistering pace. Uh, for Dragonflight patch. I'm not really as into the Dragonflight cadence right now, uh, just with everything else uh, as far as like games and stuff that I've been playing over this past year. But it is, it's notable. And I think it's uh, it's impressive that the devs have stepped up. They said they were going to improve after Shadowlands, and they did. Uh, and that's, you know, good on them. It It's great to see. It, I, will, I will take a W for a while where I can get it because it feels like they've been just taking L's left and right, really, for the, the past three or four years. Um, and it's, it's good to see them improve and actually make a change. And I mean, I'm excited for 10.1 too. The new, new zone looks cool. It's all underground. It reminds me of Deep Home. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited. I'm leveling up an Alliance character, an Alliance Paladin, uh, mainly Rhett and Prot. I just, it's all Pally for me right now. The changes they made, they're the most fun they've been in years. Uh, since like Wrath Pally, uh, back in when it was OG Wrath, I just couldn't get enough of it. Uh, and it's what it reminds me of. It's so fluid and smooth. And it, I mean, Rhett is in the best spot it's been in years. So I, I can't get enough of it. And I just wanted to level a new character to get a feel for it and really figure out what it was about. And now I'm kind of attached to the character. I'm like 51 now or something like that. But other than that, I also uh, I also played a little bit of the Coffee Talk Episode 2 demo. Um, not a ton. It is just more Coffee Talk. Um, but it's kept the same charming, relaxing tone. Uh, which is really all I can ask from it. That's all I want. I, I don't want... I really wouldn't want a lot of changes in this formula. They could do this formula for 10 years, and I would probably grab every one, because it just... 
it just works. It's like watching just some sort of episodic drama, except you get to make coffee in between it. It's not the most well thought out or intricate coffee creation, but it's enough to keep me interested. And the music is also so relaxing and wonderful. But yeah, that's that's really about all I played this week. It was uh it was a pretty quiet one for the most part, but I also did just install New World. Uh, it's been a little bit. I want to check out the new season. I've been jumping around a few MMOs. Might jump back into Final Fantasy. Still waiting for that single player kick to kick back in. It's uh been about a month now since I switched from the single players to all the multiplayer bullshit. But <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see when that switch happens again. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Is the new underground zone in World of Warcraft? physically in the same like underneath one of the zones that exist in the new area the new continent uh don't take my word for it but i want to say yes uh if i That's remember cool. if i remember a video you fly in and if you have max dragon riding you can just fly through the whole tunnel but it's basically like the uh, caverns of caverns of time <laughs> it's basically like the caverns of a time tunnel where it's really okay. long and elongated, so that way they didn't have to give you a loading screen and they could set it oh, off on its own. No. They kind of did that with the new zones, so it didn't have to, you know, collide with uh, all the zones above it. So it's it's pretty clever and it's a really cool little uh, zone to like fly through. It's like an awesome little tunnel. That's cool. I I haven't seen like anything from it. I'll have to check that out because I actually like the idea of physically adding a new zone in a in a patch to the already existing landmass and not making it like a loading screen and just adding on to the immersion of that world and that's i haven't played dragonflight but i really like the, i respect that aspect of dragonflight where they're sort of making it about the world again and, and making the world another character again and it's not as theme parky as it had been getting because it was getting pretty bad yeah, it's it, the game is a lot more charming right now and i think they've really found their footing and i i hope they continue to do it well We'll see. The story's a little bit just meh right now, but honestly, I'll take it after how bad it was with Shadowlands. But yeah, I'm actually enjoying it again, and we'll we'll see if I stick with it. Mike, what'd you play this week? So I played a little bit of All World, which yeah. is a game that comes out tomorrow. It's pretty nice. It's fun. It's a good experience. Um, and it's really cheap. So you mine, you tower defense, you build a base this world that is a wall it's it sounds stupid but it's you know for five dollars it's a nice game it's pretty well polished it looks really nice it runs pretty well it feels good it's a nice time sink because it does take quite a bit to make it to the end of the game the boss so every 15 minutes the boss appears and will fight you and most of the time it'll just one shot you until you figure out how to not get one shot, which usually it's a roguelite. So it requires you to do runs after runs after runs of this, but it's pretty good. Would recommend if any of that interested you. And Mike has a review on the YouTube channel right now. So you can go check that out. Yeah. Outside of that, I played Resident Evil four, not much of it, but a little bit. It's still good. It's still Resident Evil 4. It's, uh, I don't know. Leon's really cool. Leon roundhouse kicks zombies <laughs> in the face. Hell yeah. Like it's, it's so campy. It's like when Resident Evil became just super campy and I'm okay with that. So it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's way more action even. RE 2 or 3. 
haven't gotten Ashley yet. That's when the game becomes, you know, the precursor to the last of us, but you know, whatever. <laughs> That's really about it. I mean, I've played some heroes of the storm occasionally, but that's really it. I haven't really done much else. I've got some games waiting for me, but it's been busy. Mike, let's play Heroes of the Storm sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am so just like, Heroes of the Storm is, I only play ARAM and I only play it because there's nothing else to play with Moan Friend at the moment. So, but it sounds like I'm going to be playing Overwatch again. Oh. Yeah, because you, you were <laughs> mentioning that. Yeah, which yeah. I, I feel like you said last week you were literally never going to play it again. Or maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, months ago I said I would never play it again. Oh, okay. And to be fair, I haven't played it since season one, like two weeks before season one even ended. So yeah. I haven't played it in a very long time. I wonder, does Battle.net show me the last time I played Overwatch? Mm, I don't think it does. That's sad. It is. <laughs> No, I haven't played it in a while, so we're gonna, we're gonna dive back in. Honestly, it'll probably be like we play it for a week and then we're like, "Wow, we hate this," and then go, and then we won't touch it again. Like I never bought the battle pass for season one. Oh, yeah, me neither. I got to the end of it and I was like, I don't think I care, so I didn't buy it. Damn. <laughs> like, All right. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I might buy. I don't know. $10 might buy this season's battle pass just so I can play as Life Weaver because I want to play as him. That's the only reason that I would play season four. And I'm not going to wait until level fucking 40 of the battle pass right. to play as him. So stupid. Also learned that the way that you unlock previous heroes from previous seasons is way easier than unlocking it during their season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're of course it is. They're not as relevant anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> so probably gonna try out Ramatra a little bit if I unlock them. All right. Well, report back. Let us know. Let's move on to quick time questions. In quick time questions, I give the panelists a series of sometimes silly opinion based questions, and they have to tell me the first answer that pops into their head. As quickly as possible. We're going to cycle through the panelists with different questions, but sometimes I may tell the next panelist the same question, so they better be ready. If they don't give an answer quickly enough, we pass the question off to the next panelist automatically. There are no winners in this game. Josh, what are there? Uh, n uh, No winners, only losers. There you go. You got it. I remembered. All right, Mike, best version of Sonic? Not best game, but the best version of the character. Sonic from Sonic Boom. I agree with that, and I figured you would say that. Josh, who is the least compelling Warcraft character? Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Ah, uh, fuck. Mancrick. Wow. Confirmed. The Jailer. More compelling than Mancrick. <laughs> Mike, what game has the best fishing? Dredge. Whoa. New game. <laughs> Josh, what's your best, your personal best fighting game? Uh, oh, my fucking God. GTA, easily. GTA. Yeah, you beat up civilians on the side of the street. <laughs> there, okay, there you go. You can't lose it that one. Mike, which game has made you rage the most? Overwatch. <laughs> Same question to you, Josh. A Sekiro, and it's not even close. <laughs> That's I saw that live on Twitch. Josh. 
what's Phil Spencer's go-to fast food? Uh, Burger King, because it's full of shit. <laughs> Mike, will Guild Wars 3 ever exist? Yes, but it won't be an MMO. Mm, I agree with that. It's going to be an ARPG, isometric. Josh. It might. What console would you say defined your childhood? Uh, PlayStation 2, easy. Same question, Mike. Atari. Whoa. Mike, how much money would it take to make you stop playing games forever? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Put a figure on it. Put, give it a number. couple billion. Like, Whoa. Well, what would I do with my free time? <laughs> I don't know. New hobby time. Movies. Comic books. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> You're a true gamer. You wouldn't even give it up for a billion dollars. Josh. Which I don't do know what I would do with myself. <laughs> I wouldn't give it up for fucking nothing. Fuck Damn. that shit. Josh, which developer is the most receptive to its community feedback? Uh... <laughs> Oh, fucking God. There's so many good options here. Uh, Blizzard Entertainment. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Bonus question for both. When are the groups going to play League of Legends together? Never. About the time I put my balls on a chopping board and chop them off with a cleaver. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to a special shout out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why it's lucky someone is getting this attention. My shout out is to Josh's d dismembered balls. No, it's a special <laughs> shout out. <laughs> to, I don't know. That was weird. A special shout out to gaming video essays on YouTube. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Technically, your dismembered balls are gaming related because it happened somewhat related to League of Legends. A special shout out. <laughs> To gaming video essays on YouTube, I appreciate the work that goes into these things. You guys have given me so many hours of entertainment and second screen content, so thank you. You know who you are? I don't know. Josh, your special shout-out. Special shout-out to my boy, Asmongold. I, he just does a great job of keeping my ass distracted and f just focused when I need to be. So, Papa Bless, appreciate you. Yeah, shout-out to Asmongold for also having us just use his name as the title of a recent video and it gave us a bunch of views <laughs> thanks <laughs> mike your special shout out a uh, special shout out to whoever pitched the idea to make a murder mystery about sonic oh god i don't know who it was but <laughs> a plus how is that not in your water cooler this week because i didn't play it are you going to no really no <laughs> you don't want a wow. sonic murder mystery mike what's the deal I'm not going to play. Questioning <laughs> questioning your fandom a little bit right here. I got to be honest. I watched Ross's review. I already know what happens. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Did When did his review come out? Today? That was quick. Damn. Yeah. It's a two-hour game. <laughs> yeah. What? But, I don't know. I'll go check it's it out. It's a point-and-click free game that they released for April Fool's. It sounds like a DeviantArt fan made it. It's... No. It's actually... <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Like, it's quality stuff. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. If you really like the show, we encourage you to check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups, where you currently have two different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated, and it's going to go a long way in improving everything here at the Goodnight Groups. The $3 tier 
$3 plus tier, that is, will get you access to this show two days early. And a special shout out to the honorary groups who support us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre, D, Cole, T, Derek versus the world, James B, James S, and Jeremy R. A round of applause for these people, please. What a fucking list, by the way. God damn, that bitch is getting girthy as shit. Like a Coke can. Yeah. We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Everything helps. No one's doing this. Go drop a review. If you actually love us, you'll drop a review. Please. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all the content. We're going to find this podcast, Southern Fried Groups, game reviews, two recent game reviews, GG Review, and more. On the website, you're also going to find a link to the Discord where you can hang out with everyone, get the quickest updates, and chat with us on a daily basis. Paul posts his breakfast every morning, 7.05 Eastern Daylight Time. It's true. True. Oatmeal was the uh, order of the day today. Yeah. I thought it was weird that he he put bacon in there. That was kind of weird. A little bit strange. She also like yeah. just was dipping the oatmeal with like Vlasic pickles. It was really interesting. Uh, yeah, that was yeah that was actually weirder than the bacon. <laughs> yeah, but it was also plain oatmeal. It was just plain oatmeal. So you had to add something to it, I guess. And he was just scooping it out with his hands and growling like a bear. It was really something else. And mm. yeah. Really weird when he teabagged it, dipped his balls in it. That was kind of strange. I didn't think that was really appropriate for the Discord, but... You know, know it, is it is current year after all. It is current year. You can do anything. Before we get out of here, guys, do we have any final thoughts? Smoke Newports. I can't recommend that. That'll <laughs> do it for us here today. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone. <laughs>